Hello and welcome to Dead Man's Chest. My name is Neil and as always joined by Becky. Hi. And we have a good episode today. We do. Very good episode. Today. Much better than last week's. Yes. We've done actual better. preparation and all sorts we for have. this one. We've even watched them. We've even watched them. We've got actual notes written down and all sorts of stuff. Um, as you've probably seen on, on social media and stuff, we're, we're covering a, a couple of war films each um, in this episode. Before I get to that, I just want to ha um, have a quick shout out for stuff that's coming. Uh, on Netflix, there is finally a... Well, the, the trailer itself is on YouTube, but it's for a, a Netflix film called The Old Guard and stars Charlie Theron. Mm. <laughs> you don't like her at no. all, do um, They look like some sort of like immortal warrior group. Okay. And it sort of shows the different time periods that they've, they've been. Okay. Yeah. It does look interesting. You know, a little bit of... You know, it looks like complete and that's a horse shit really but it's like it, do, it does look very sort of action packed much in the same vein as the Chris Hemworth one okay. Extraction I think uh, we actually had a, a message on Instagram as well uh, for our opinions on a couple of films yes uh, one of which I would actually like to look into for a show maybe in the future okay uh person who got in touch was Alex Riddle eighty seven. Okay. Hi Alex Riddle eighty seven. There we go. Um the two films he mentioned uh the first one was Paycheck, which was from two thousand and three. I saw this but it must have been around then because mm. I can't remember a lot of it and I haven't had time to know. sort of look further into it. It starred uh Ben Affleck, Uma Thurman and Aaron Heck Eckhart. Which is a nice little Batman yeah, link definitely. there. Cause ben Affleck it's got became Uma in it again. <laughs> yeah. Ben Affleck was Batman. Uh, Uma Thurman starred in Batman and so did Aaron Eckhart in the one of the Dark Knight films. Uh, it was directed by John Woo. And if you if you <laughs> don't if you don't know him, you'll know at least one of his films. Okay. He did things like Hard Target with Van Damme. He did Mission Impossible Two. And he did Face Off. Oh, is that with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta? Yes. Where they swap faces? Yes. Yeah, I like that one. So you kind of get the feeling of what kind of film yeah. this is like. Okay. Um, from what I could find and what I could remember, Affleck is he's kind of like behind the invention of a machine that can see the future. Mm. Um, and he, I'm sure he has his memory wiped. And it's all about piecing together what the hell's happened. It kind mm -hmm. of got swallowed up a little way, uh, a little bit by Minority Report, which okay. came out the year before. It had that same theme of predicting the future, mm. and, and Minority Report was kind of the much bigger of the two films. The other film he mentioned, and the one I'd actually really like to look at closer, is a classic actually. Uh, it's called The Sting okay. from the early 70s, 1973. And it stars Paul Newman and Robert Redford. A little uh, reunion there from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And it also stars Robert Shaw, who was Quint in Jaws. Okay. He was the, the boat owner who took the other two out, yeah. shark hunting. 
the Sting is their con men. And I think Robert Shaw is the sort of mob boss that, that they, they rip off. Mm. Um, again, it's one I haven't seen for a long time, but I would love to, to sort of revisit it and talk about it in more detail. Cool. So those are our mentions. Uh, two very different films. But yeah. two two that I definitely I definitely need to revisit for sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them as well. Um, the other thing I, I, I sort of saw um, on Netflix is a series called The Toys That Made Us. And this is something we're gonna, I'm just, just going to revisit in the future, definitely. Um, the Toys That Made Us, I think there are three series now. And they're all about the big toys from our past. So things like He-Man, uh, Ninja Turtles. Polly Pocket. Polly Pocket, I'm sure, is on there. Barbie, Transformers. It's all about the story of how they became the the massive trend that they were. And there's a sister series as well called The Films That Made Us. Again, I think it mainly focuses on stuff from the 80s. It's it's aimed very much at our kind of age group. Generation, yeah. But like I said, I'll be revisiting... um, that topic in in a, in a week, uh, maybe sort of talk about it a bit more in depth. Uh, my cousin from England will be joining us on the show via the magic of of the internet, hopefully. Yeah, which would be quite cool. <laughs> if so it got works, some special guest going on. If it works. Um, now, a couple of weeks ago was VE Day. It was for Britain. It was, and we had um, and then we here had our Liberation Day we on the had 9th of May. Liberation Day. Now, for listeners. Um, a little bit further afield who don't know the channel islands were the only part of britain that were occupied during the war so we get a, a sort of a separate day of celebration from from britain yeah. i think their their day is a day before ours isn't yeah. it so liberation day is when the occupying forces mm. officially fucked off yes yeah they did so we we had the idea with these two important dates to have a look at a couple of war films each and we've both sort of picked one that's one is one film's definitely serious and the other one's sort of more an, an alternative yeah. or a different view isn't different it, they, view of it. they don't make fun of things no, it's just a, it's a, a just, different just look just at things isn't view it? Of it, isn't it? So. now yours are both quite recent aren't they they are which is quite good it is very good <laughs> so my first one is jj rabbit which yep. came out last year so it's really recent. Yep. Um, it was directed by Tahika Watiti. Is that how you pronounce I it? I think it is. And he wrote the screenplay as well. He did. Now, he's the same director as Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok, yep. yeah. Um, so it's actually based on a novel called Caging Skies by Christine Lunens. Okay. So there you go. So it's an adu- ad- adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> so it's starring Roman Griffin Davies. Thomason McKenzie, Tahika Watiti. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rebel Wilson, Stephen Merchant, Alfie Allen, Sam Rockwell, and Scarlett Johansson. So yeah. there's, there's some good names in there. There is. Very good names. So, budget, it was 14 million. Peanuts. You know, nothing really. And it took out the box, box office 90.3 million. Healthy return. That's quite good. Um, and it's also got an IMBD rating of 7.9. Yeah. 
which feels probably about right, give or take. I would, yeah, I would say it was a solid eight. Yeah. Sure, you know. Um, so, yeah, so we'll give you a rundown of the film. Yeah. Because we both saw, the, saw this together, didn't we? We did. Now, the film really f- is focused on a, a boy in the Hitler Youth, isn't it? Yes. Now, the Hitler Youth were kind of like the Boy Scouts, but massive fascists. Yes. <laughs> He's obsessed with Hitler. He is. Seriously obsessed with Hitler. To the point where Hitler is his imaginary friend. friend. Yes. Yeah. But this is a very alternative Hitler, isn't it? It is a very alternative <laughs> Hitler. Um, but no, it's just... it's. I've probably just probably seen the war through a young pair of eyes, really. It's probably set towards the end of the war, isn't it? Yes, there's it a is. Lot of, there's yeah. a lot of talk that Germany's really on the back foot. Yeah. It is towards yeah. It is the end of of the war. Yeah. Um. So set there, we've got um Scarlett Johansson. She's um. She's the boy's mother. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Um. And then she, she hides a Jewish girl. She does. In the walls. Yes. Of the upstairs bedroom. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson kind of plays um. I don't know what they were called because in, in France they were. The resistance now yeah. I, I guess she plays the german equivalent well yeah i assume there would be a german resistance in some way as, as well you know yeah. the, the germans who didn't want who didn't agree with what what was going, going on. on so and yeah she hides a jewish girl in in their attic yeah now the jewish girl was a, a friend of theirs anyway wasn't yeah she? of she all, the daughters that they the daughter that they had but lost the daughter's uh, has died we yeah. never find out we never find out why she's what died, happened what I... actually happened to her um you know um and then um yeah basically um jojo goes to hit the youth camp now there are some very funny moments <laughs> in that aren't there yeah, you didn't like the bunny bit, did you? No. <laughs> there was a bit where he, he's told, he's instructed to kill a rabbit and he won't. Uh, but there is one bit where they are learning how to throw knives. Did you see that? Yes. And it bounced back off the tree Trained. and landed and, and hit the other one's leg. leg. <laughs> Um, yes. which, which was quite funny. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's very tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? It's... There are some very... There are some very funny moments in it. And then it sort of counterbalances them with some very serious moments because there's a couple of moments where you just go, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. That's happened. Yeah. And it does it very well. It, at no point did I ever find those changes. Um, some films you, you can say that it feels quite clumsy when they mm. try to change pace. Yeah. This one doesn't. But I think it, it kind of does it in the right way where it goes sort of from sort of the comedy moments then it levels out yeah and then it goes to the serious moments it mm. doesn't try to do comedy to serious no it 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 allows itself to level out first yeah. and then it will hit you, hit, with the serious. hit you with the serious but no this is a really really good film really it's um if you want something kind of light-hearted and there's a little bit of seriousness in it but not nothing too heavy what would you say the 
the messages in this film because it, it it's his journey isn't it of well yeah it's his journey of he um, changes doesn't he through the film well i think he changes his point of view really about jewish people and because he does fall for the girl doesn't he, he does he does sort of fall in love with her doesn't he and um yeah I, I think it's like you can never judge somebody by what other people say about anybody else it's kind of that kind of not coming of age type thing but the other thing it does highlight is the absolute horseshit propaganda that was fed I know, exactly. about the jewish people yeah, that they, they like had they, scales and, and they had horns and, and tails and they could fly and read each other's minds mind and, and, they, and they slept hanging upside down like, like a bat, bat and, uh, i know a lot of it is probably played up for the i don't want to say comedy effect but that's not the word i want no, to use but no, you know no, what i, I know mean. What you mean yeah um but you you can picture the hitler youth these very impressionable 10 year olds and they're all blonde blue-eyed oh, the aryan race yes it, it was that vision that hitler had didn't it if you didn't yes. fit into that vision then that was it you you were gone yeah um i mean there is a little bit of sad moment which i won't spoil if anybody hasn't watched it yet uh, with um the, the boy's mum yeah um she doesn't come home for a few days does she no and we wonder where she's gone yeah and uh but yeah, I I just I just a really enjoyable film. If you if you just want something, and Taika Waititi as Hitler is hilarious. He's absolute crazy. Yeah, he he plays Hitler as like just this madman, really, yeah. isn't he? And he constantly he's offering him cigarettes. Yes, exactly. And it's like I, no, I'm ten. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I. I because I, I read mixed view reviews about this. And yeah, it, it, seem, it seems that people absolutely loved it or absolutely hated it. There seemed very little middle ground. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I really do. And when we saw it, what, Saturday night? Yeah. We just laughed. At, there, you know, there were some very, very really, funny really moments. Good. Um, so, yeah, I, I would definitely have a watch. Um, Neil? For me, the person who... who I know we're all going to concentrate on the boy... And we're all going to concentrate on Taika mm. as Hitler. But for me, the person who stole it was Sam Rockwell as the, the, the um, sort of drill sergeant. He was in charge of the Hitler Youth Camp. Of the Hitler Youth yeah. Camp. Yeah. Actually, the one who stole it for me was Rebel Wilson, actually. Yeah. I thought she was absolutely perfect for that role. She's a bit loony, but. Yeah. Yeah. And also his best friend. Yes. The young boy. I can't remember his name now. What, Alfie Allen? No, 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 no. Oh, Joe um... Oh, uh, Yorkie. Yorkie, yeah. He's amazing. He is... At, and he, the way he says things, it's just so... It's like you're having a conversation with an adult. He's it's just like... so deadpan, though, that... Because Jojo confesses to him that he, he's got a, a Jewish girl, girl. Yeah. In, in his house... Oh. And his friend says, to be honest, we've got bigger problems. I really wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't worry about that. I won't say anything, you know. And where he asks, how's the war going? He says, not brilliantly. <laughs> <laughs> He's just very funny. And if any, if that's if that's the one thing this film I would change, 
I'd have more of him. Yes, Because exactly. there's a big gap in the middle where he's not part of not the Not a film. part of it at all because it's always sort of focused on the boy and yeah. the Jewish girl. But no, that those little little appearances from him. Are, he know, really does. Just really kind of steal it. I mean, I mean, the lad who plays Jojo is brilliant. Mm. But every time he's, his best friend, Yorkie, is there, he completely loses the yeah, scene. Yeah, and he's like really short, fat. Yeah, glasses. Glasses, round glasses. With his paper uniform. Paper uniform. <laughs> and then you see him all going out with the guns, eh? And then yeah. um, half of his uniform is missing. <laughs> and he's like, and when, when it's all over, he goes, I'm just going to go back home to my mum. Yeah, I want a cuddle. I want a cuddle. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, that's like the perfect kind of, you know, oh, best friend you really want, really. Yeah. He, I don't know that that boy's name. In I think it's Tom Thomas and Mackenzie. I think okay. I can get the cast list up. Yeah. When I said we'd take notes, we hadn't taken many notes, but we've taken more notes than we did last week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would definitely say to watch this film. I don't know what it's um, how many times a year you could watch this. What its rewatchability is like. I think I think it would be quite, quite I'd, good. I'd actually. say I'd say almost sort right. of. I got that completely wrong. I do apologise. Who is it? Archie Yates. His name is Archie Yates. Yes, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie's the Jewish girl. Ah. Uh -huh. So there you go. There we go. <laughs> Archie Yates, yeah. surely a star in the making because he was brilliant. He was. Absolutely fantastic, and even Stephen Merchant's little parents as well. Stephen, that is actually a really tense scene. It is, isn't it? Because at this point, Jojo has befriended the the Jewish girl, and then they get a uh, sort of surprise visit by the Gestapo. Yeah. Um. Who are just acting on sort of tips that they get from yeah. you know there's. What was it that he said? Oh, there's a communist hiding in my fridge Fridging and stuff like that. Like that. And it's just mould. Yeah. And it's like, you know. <laughs> so, but it is a really tense moment. And again, I don't want to spoil that. No, I don't I want don't to don't want to spoil that scene. If you haven't seen it, you don't, I don't, we don't need to spoil it for you. I but, think you need to go and see it. But how, how they overcome it is very, very clever. It is very clever. And yeah, Sam Rockwell's character... He sort of comes through, doesn't he? He he's does. Sort of not all of... bad. He's a bit of an asshole when you first meet him, but he's yeah, not but all he's bad. Not all bad, and then and he has the best uniform design ever. Oh my god! At the, for the end that battle, but end again, battle scene again. We won't ruin it because it it's something else, isn't it? It is. Out of ten, I'd give it a good eight, eight and a half. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What would you give it? I, I'd say between eight and eight and a half. It's not a traditional war film, but no, it is not. nice to see even a satirical view of the Hitler Youth and the war from the German side, because most war films, let's face it, are from the Allied side. Yeah. So it's nice to see something from, from a different point of view. And <laughs> even the, the sort of propaganda of, yeah, we're on the back foot, but, you know, we're still winning. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and... And watch out for the roasted unicorn. Yes, Hitler does sit down for a meal. Oh, roasted unicorn. unicorn. 
to the distaste of Becky. Mm. But I don't think that was real because Hitler was vegetarian. Yeah, so there you go. And I don't think he smoked either. No, so there you go. But anyway, what's your offering? My first one, again, is a sort of a more gentle war film. Yeah. And I guess that's what it is at its heart. Well, yeah. Um, but really, um, with no bias at all, this is probably the greatest film in the world. <laughs> no? <laughs> because it has the island's name in it. It does. Um now this is the most catchy of all film titles. The <laughs> are you sitting down? Okay, the Guernsey Literacy and Potato Peel Pie Society. Well, don't say that when you're drunk, okay? Yeah, you need to be holding on to something when you try that one. Uh, directed by Mike Newell, he did a lot of. Uh, he has been around British film and television forever. Mm. Uh, it was written by actually, and this surprised me. Uh, a lady called Marianne Schaefer who sadly died in 2008 mm. uh, she's an American yep. and she never actually made it to the island no. uh, her daughter Annie Barrow, Barrows did she sort of completed her mother's journey if you like uh, stars Lily James Michael Hoosman uh, Glenn Powell, Penelope Walter, Wilton Tom Courtney and I can't remember her name. She was in the IT crowd. Oh, yeah. She played Isla. Let's have a... Let's have, sorry about right. this. It's actually based on a book. And the book itself is really hard to read because it's mainly in letter form. But the gist of it is that um, it starts on Guernsey during the occupation. And a group of friends are stopped on their way home by Catherine Parkinson. Catherine Parkinson, there you go. She's brilliant. She is. In this. She's mental, but <laughs> so you have a, a group of friends that are stopped by a German patrol on their way home. They're they are out after the curfew that was that was on the island and they have to think really fast because they're all a bit pissed. <laughs> now the way they get out of it is that they've been at a reading club, yeah. a book club. Um, and when the German soldier asks what it's called, um, <laughs> they come up with the Guernsey Literacy and Potato Peel Pie Society. And they also state, and I think this was true, that the German forces were trying to encourage local culture and clubs yeah. to kind of flourish because mm. they took everything basically <laughs> yeah it was i don't i don't think we saw the worst of the war here and okay under occupation yes but i think for the most part life went on pretty normally tried to rumble along as normal as it could yeah. yes there was curfews there was food shortage for sure. Rationing. We probably were rationed after the war, but during the war, because Germans would have had the first pick of, yeah. of any food coming in. But I think for the large part, I mean, people were allowed to work. You know, mm. we obviously we couldn't leave the island. But, you know, little book clubs and that, you can see not really being an issue for the, mm. for the as long as it was registered yeah of course they because they had to think on their feet 
they were sent a, a warden, weren't they, to <laughs> yes. check the uh, yeah. the legitimacy of, of the club of the group, who is unconscious. They show him absolutely spark out, don't they? Yeah. And they they never saw him again at, yeah. a, at one of their meetings. Yeah. But it became a real thing. Mm. Then we sort of jump forward to after the war, mm. and we meet. Lily James's character. Yeah. Now she's an author. She is. And how this starts is that one of the people on Guernsey write to her asking her for if she knows how to get a copy of a book. Mm -hmm. uh, he'd found her name and address in a book that they'd found on the island. Mm. And he has sort of scribbled a few lines about the society. And everything in his letter and she she goes out and buys the book mm. for him and sends it to him but she asks you know how did this all come about and yeah because they'd had roast pig they had roast pig roast pork. now uh, meat on the island for, for for the islanders would have been very scarce the the german soldiers 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 would have had it <laughs> or it would have been sent off island for the german soldiers fighting mm. in europe but this little group had got this pig. Yeah. And they'd had roast pork yeah. for the first time I... in forever. Yeah. And it was that meal that they were on their way home from that night. So the letters go backwards and forwards. And she eventually says to her publisher, I need to go to Guernsey. Yeah. I need to write about about this. Mm. And like she says to, to her people in England... You know, these people lived with the enemy. You know, for for everybody in England, the war was something that they heard of on TV, yeah. or they read about it in in the papers. Or were part of the bombings, or oh, well, a, a lot of the main cities were deserted. Yeah, you know, everyone evacuated to the countryside, but in the Channel Islands, they were here. So she goes to Guernsey to to learn and write about the this now famous potato peel pie society yeah and this is where the film changes direction on you yeah you think it's just going to be her writing about the society but it becomes a mystery doesn't it mm. the main guernseyman if you like is a chap called dorsey yeah dorsey he, Adams. he has a little girl kit mm. but she's not his no and the film becomes about who she is, yeah. who is her father, and who the mother is, and what happened to the mother. Yeah. And I won't, I won't ruin that, no. because I think it's well worth. It's a gentle, um, it's a gentle, gentle mystery. We're going to take a little quick break, and we will be back with you very shortly. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. And yes. So Dorsey has this little girl, Kit. And the the film turns from uh, Lily James writing about the, the, the society. And it becomes more about what happened to Kit. Where is her mother? Where is... Who was her father? Yeah. And it does explain why one of the members of the society was 
really against her writing about them. Yeah. Because it was just going to bring up a much bigger shitstorm. Yeah. Um, to complicate things, predictably, uh, Lily James, I think it's Juliet, isn't it? Yeah. Juliet Ashton. And Dorsey develop feelings for each other, uh, which is hard going because she's actually engaged to uh, an American, American. <laughs> <laughs> who he actually because she's on Guernsey she was only supposed to be here for like two days yeah and she's been here for weeks yeah and he, in the end her publisher in London has just given up seeing where, he, where yeah. she is are you actually going to come and finish your book tour yeah yeah I'll be be there um yeah oh, um yeah more days. yeah I just need a uh, I just need a yeah bye um, <laughs> Now, her fiancé turns up. Yes, she does, with a massive bunch of razors. Yeah. And he he sort of says to her, look, it's time. And he takes her back to London, doesn't he? Yeah. And there's a really sad moment after that. Because there, there's that moment where she, she realises London isn't home anymore. No. You know, home for her at that point is Guernsey. Mm. and she's in a real sort of state of depression isn't she 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 lives in i I guess an early apartment block yeah her landlord i don't know if her name's ever said but she was always complaining about her typewriter going the landlady yeah into like the small hours Mm. but she calls her publisher doesn't she and she says this is far worse than the typewriter because there's just silence. Mm. You know, Julie, she's not handling no. being in England no. particularly well. Guernsey's calling her back. Yeah, she wants to come back. Yeah. Is it a war film? It's a love story in the war, isn't it? It is. Or I mean, after the war. I think its main strength, apart from being set in Guernsey, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, um, is that it probably makes people more aware of what happened on these islands. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people in England don't know about the Channel Islands. Never no. mind that we were. And we another were example of that is um, a TV series. I think it was in the nineties, maybe early two thousands, called Island at War. Yes. Um, it's about just collectively the Channel Islands. It's not it's, specifically Guernsey it, or Jersey or. But it's set on a fictional Channel Island, yeah, isn't it? Of Sit Gregory, yeah. which was filmed in the Isle of Man. Yeah. Where this film drew a lot of heat or a lot of negativity, I guess, is that it wasn't filmed on yeah, Guernsey. No. But my answer to that is it's not the first film not to be filmed where no, it's I set. Know, but and it even, won't be the last. Like you said, exterior shots of the island, the harbour, you know, things like that. That would have just been a nice little touch. And that was, I know. We, were, we were talking about this the other night, weren't yeah. we? And said, oh yeah, but I think Guernsey would have got involved. We would have like got involved and be actually in it and things like that, you know. I think even though the, the logistics to get those exterior shots would have been expensive I and I actually, as much as I tried, could not find the budget right. that they had. Okay. But globally, it yeah. only took fifteen million mm. sterling at okay. the box office. So, 
you you've got to assume it didn't have a massive budget, budget. and on top of that m- not so massive budget out of that you have got i mean lily james's salary uh penelope wilson's salary not everybody's salary. everybody you know there would have been i reckon serious concessions in their contracts that okay we can't pay you as much as you would like but we will give you a cut of x y and z yeah. for the first 12 months or whatever yeah. just to get this film made hmm. kate winslet was actually originally attached to it no lily james is better um I don't know. It sort of deals with the aftermath of the war, doesn't it? It does, but it's the same era, so... I know. And there is one scene that is actually really sad, which was when the children were evacuated. Yeah. Which is a real... I don't know if it's because... I mean, we're from Guernsey, so we have that emotional... Connection with it. Connection. But it is sad, you know, being parted from your parents and your sisters and your brothers and aunts uncles grandparents nelly next down the road you know it's you know it is sad that they had to be evacuated i know it was on prime video at some point i'm sure it was Mm. after or netflix i think it was on netflix uh it's almost certainly somewhere on on a streaming platform i think it was on was it on BBC at some point recently as well? Yeah, over I think over the bank biggie weekend or yeah. something. So it should still be out there somewhere. Yeah, to, definitely. To stream. It's very gentle. Yeah. So if you're looking for a gentle, nice, not too complicated story. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the mystery, the the sort of turn in the plot that that happens, is nothing nasty. I mean, there's no sixth sense. No. esque twist i can watch it it's fine <laughs> it's a it's a very gentle very easy um film it's almost got the same kind of feeling as the sound of music yeah, yeah. right the story that you're watching is actually very gentle but in the background there was There's this a lot of... there was this darkness which was the war mm. coming mm. and in this film again it's a very gentle story but in the background you've got this darkness which was the war has happened and it has still left its mark mm. on people you know there, there is that yeah everything looks okay now but not so long ago this was happening mm. and, and we had to live with it out of 10 i'd give it an eight yeah yeah definitely i'd say a solid seven five for sure. Yeah, definitely. I met Lily James, did I tell I, you? I know you did. You have told me that. Um, just for... Um, I, I, don't, I don't even know how they arranged it, but they had a sort of little premiere here, didn't they? Of yeah, the potato Of the film. And all the cast members came. Yeah. And I, I was working at the venue where it was held, and I did manage to get her autograph. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. we don't talk about that. <laughs> right. Yours is not light and fluffy and no, easygoing. No, it's not. It punches you in between the eyes. Yeah, repeatedly. Repeatedly. It's the 2019-1917. Uh, 
Which is a hell of a mouthful. It is a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, you've got... Uh, it was directed by Sam Mendes. Who did a couple of the Bond films recently. Yeah, uh, it was written by him and a, uh, a lady called Chris, Christy, Christy Wilson Carnes. Okay, so they co-wrote it together. Yeah. So it stars George Mackay. Yeah. Jean Charles Chapman, Mark Strong, Andrew Scott... Richard Madden, 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 Claire Duberk, Colin Firth, and a and a bit of Benedict Cumberbatch as well. Yeah. Right. So the budget for this was between ninety and a hundred million. Okay. And the box off at the box office, they took three hundred and sixty-eight point seven million. That's not a massive return. For not such really. A big budget. Um. I mean. I've got a theory <laughs> about that. What. And I can't take anything away from the film. The film mm. is superb. But in recent, in the last two or three years, we've had, like, you had 1917. Mm. The year before, you had The Darkest Hour. Mm-hmm. You had Dunkirk. Yeah. Fury wasn't that long ago. Mm. You've had things like Defiance in the past. Were people getting a little bit. Oh, great, another war film. I was quite excited about this actually it, and and that's not to take anything away f- no, from the film did it just did it just come out at the wrong time maybe almost? maybe maybe it did come out at the wrong time but i mean with the the release of the joker as well it was probably so it sort of kind of coincided with that didn't it did it get overshadowed by Joker? Maybe. Because Joker created such a... Such a storm. Yeah. That, you know... So, it's the height of the First World War. It is. Two young British soldiers, Schofield... Yep. ...and Blake... Yep. ...are given a seamlessly impossible mission. 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 Even. <laughs> Sorry. In a race against time, they must cross enemy territory and deliver a message that will stop a deadly attack on hundreds of soldiers, Blake's, uh, with being Blake's own brother among them. Yeah. So, what has happened is these two guys are summoned by Colin, Colin Firth. Firth. Yep. Bit of Colin. And <laughs> they are... They're of the opinion at that moment that the Germans have retreated. Yes. Which they have. But <laughs> they, they, they're of the opinion that they, they are pushing the Germans back. Yeah. But the, in, the, the information is that the Germans have, are doing it on purpose. Mm. And that they, they've retreated back to the stronger lines where they've got better weaponry, which... When the Allied forces advance on them, they're just going to annihilate them. Yeah. And it's like they said, like you said, it's that mission to get to that first group of soldiers who are going over the top. Yeah. To stop that attack because otherwise they're just going to be wiped out. Yeah, is it obliterated? Very. It's a very simple story. It is. Um. There are a few twists and turns along the oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this film has got a very, very unique selling point, which is it looks like it was done in two shots. Yeah. 
there's there's a continuous shot or so it seems up to the point where he's knocked out yeah. in that tower and then from there to the end i found it when we saw it at the cinema mm. i found that really unsettling to what? begin with that just continuous shot why I don't. I don't know because I think it's like that natural thing of when you see somebody walk into a room, you expect the next shot to be from inside that room yeah. to pick them up. Yeah. What you what you're not used to is the camera following them, following them in, rotating around so you can see them, and then rotating around again so that you I see them. I kind of liked it. Once you get used to it, it's brilliant. Yeah. It is really brilliant and. I am going to make the effort to watch the extras on that disc to mm. see how they did it. Yeah. I imagine there are some very, very clever camera work tricks going on. Yeah. Because to film to film a film in two shots, you cannot do. No, it's pretty... You, you, feasibly, it can't be done. But that's the effect. Yeah, that you get. And I just, I just think it's such a nice, simple story. It's very bloody. There are some really horrific, horrific moments. Moments in that, particularly and when they're crossing no man's land. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's plenty of dead things, isn't there? There is, yes. And uh, and just the 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 chemistry between the two of them as well, between Blake and Schofield. Blake, did you know who who Blake is? No, he was in Game of Thrones. He was. Wasn't he? he was Tommen. He wasn't. He was. Oh, episode, season six. Yeah. That episode. Where he walks out the window. Yep. Yep, there we go. No. Yep. He wasn't Tom Ed. He was. Oh my God. Yeah. I knew he was in Game of Thrones, but I didn't realise he was Tom in. Yep. <laughs> ah. Yeah. I knew I'd recognise him. The, the other thing, I mean, there's some huge names in this. British, British names, like yeah. Colin Firth. Richard Madden, yeah. who this would have been made right on the back of the bodyguard and that wave of popularity that he was on. Yeah, and also with Colin Firth, Richard Madden, and Benedict Cumberbatch, so, they only play small roles in it. And even um, Andrew. Mark Strong. No, no, no. Mark Strong's another one, another great actor. It's just a snippet of him. Yeah, and, and he, he, they're literally only in it for. for uh, we are Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott again, another great actor, mm. and he's only in it for what five minutes. Yeah, the same with like Adrian Scarborough. He's the major when you get to the to the to the to the front line. To the front, to line. The front line. He's he's the you know we've got uh, Keats from Ashes to Ashes in there. Yes. Daniel yeah. Mays. Yeah. Um, you know you've got some really great actors who are taking the smaller roles yeah and like having these two newcomers come up and really take the to, to take the uh, you know there's a i pointed it out to you because you didn't know um there is the famous shot from the trailer i guess where he he goes over the top of the of the mm. of the dugout of the trench yeah and he runs along the trench and there's all these explosions and everything going on around him yeah uh, there is a moment in that sequence where he, he and one of the extras collide and he trips over. Yes. And you see in the background that that extra stayed down. Yeah. And what had happened is in the collision, the extra had broken his ankle. Yeah. Um, 
but they left it in because I think it's quite it's quite it, apt for it, it really, isn't it? When it, as they're going it's over, quite, it's quite a, mm. a, it, for realism. It's brilliant because yeah. you see him; he's just running blindly, isn't he, to get down the yeah. trench? Did I give the IMDb rating? I don't know if you did. Eight point three. That feels low. It does. I mean, I would have put it at a nine. Yeah. I think it's exceptionally shot. The acting's amazing in it. I wonder if it loses out because the story isn't particularly complex. But, but the thing is, sometimes the story doesn't have to be over complicated no. to, to make it a good film. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, because otherwise I get lost halfway through and I give up. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> I I. Now you own those three. British ones that have come out recently, don't you? Which so, one? 1917, Dunkirk, Dunkirk and The, the Dark. Darkest Hour. Which would you say is the best? They're all very different. They are very different. I mean, Dunkirk's very sea based. Dunkirk irritated me, I'll admit. It, yes, it did. I just thought it was really loud as well. Yeah. I didn't like the, the volume in that. Darkest Hour is. Oh my god, that is. Gary Oldman there, amazing. That is a hell of a performance. Um, and 1917. So I would probably go with. I'm gonna go 1917. Yeah. Uh, purely because it's just that really simple story about that one day. I know. Those couple of hours. Those few hours, and everything happens in those few it hours. It is. I mean, it is. If you if you ever watched the series 24. It feels like an extended episode of that because uh, yeah. you you live that that yeah. day and that evening. I mean, it's a two-hour film, yeah. which is quite a nice length actually, because it could they could have overdid it and put it at a three, but I think two hours is absolutely perfect, perfectly pitched. The other thing that they did really well, and I think they had to, was they didn't they didn't try to water down how horrific horrific even like where there's no fighting but like no man's land where you have dead bodies here and there like rotting horses horses and 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 (laughs) as the camera sort of pans with the two guys you see like partially buried hands just sticking up in the ground and exactly and And when they get to that german bunker yeah it's all booby trapped yeah that's just like you know are they gonna make (laughs) it's very brutal it is very incredibly brutal brutal. and particularly when they get to that farmhouse um again if you haven't seen it we're trying to avoid any spoilers any of the the major i i would seriously give it a go um some scenes are a bit very bloody but yeah. that's the nature of the war. That was yeah, that they... you know this is the great war we're talking about. So of course it's going to be bloody, you know, it's going to be of a different time. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So no, I I, I would definitely stream it, buy it, own it. Yeah. You know, it's it's just one of those that don't expect to feel good after it. No, because I didn't. It's <laughs> it's tiring. It's, it's very tiring. Draining absolutely entertaining to the to the extreme and if if you're studying filmmaking or if you've got an interest in that it's well worth watching purely for the for how they filmed Filmed it it. yeah definitely i I just thought it was beautifully shot really was beautifully shot 
Yeah. End of. <laughs> uh, what did it? Did it get any of the um, big awards? I don't think it did. did well, it? Sa- uh, Sam Mendes got the Oscar winning for director. Yeah. But I think that's all they got because Joker then took over with the awards. Did Joker get best film? Yeah. It did. And we were happy about And that. best actor. And best actor. I don't think it got best film. I think it did. Oh, how prepared we are this I week. I know, I know. I forgot about that. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm useless. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll just quickly Google it. We are quickly having a Google. Uh, Who got if I know Joker got best actor, but I can't remember what got best I'm film. I'm sure it got best film. What came out last year? Last year feels so long ago. It's. <laughs> oh, I can't find it. It might well have got best film, you know. No. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Coming up, the big reveal. I can no, find it. Any, any time. Hang now. on. Here, any, we go. Here, we go. here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Right. So it got ten nominations. Yes. At the Academy Awards. Okay. Three wins. Three wins. Best cinematography. Okay. Best visual effects and best sound mixing. Okay. Okay. Um, it also won Best Motion Picture, Drama, and Best Director at the Golden Globes. Right, okay. Um, and won seven leading awards at the BAFTAs, yeah. including Best Film. I think this is where you're confusing it. I think back, they did really well at the BAFTAs. Yeah, yeah. And then we thought, oh, maybe they're going to do it at the Oscars. So, so they got Best on, Film. On, on the case, they've been very creative with their word use. Yes, Oscar winning director. director. So, um, so with the BAFTAs, they got Best Film and Best Direction. Mm-hmm. It also won the Producers Guild of America Award for Best Theatrical Motion Picture. And Mendes won the Directors Guild for Directing. Yeah. So they've done quite well Yeah. with, 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 the, um, with, with the, the awards side. So that's good. It is. Okay. We're going to take another short break and then we'll be back with my second film. Yep. Which is probably the daddy of them all, isn't it? Yeah, oh God. But we'll be back very soon. So, we're back. We are. For the final part. For the final bit. And it's probably the benchmark isn't it for war films now it is uh 1998 saving private ryan uh i can't watch this film yeah we all know directed by steven spielberg starring tom hanks well big budget but used really well uh 70 million pound budget took a massive 482 million and bear in mind that was over 20 years ago yeah. so you're probably we'll looking, looking at, at near, near a 600 million yeah box office now stars everybody tom hanks edward burns matt damon tom sizemore and a very young vin diesel yeah and not ben affleck which not I ben was. affleck um a bit of a conspiracy about this film is there yes it's one of the few films 
to win Best Director, but not Best Picture at the Oscars. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, because, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was bizarre. Best Picture that year was bizarrely awarded to Shakespeare in Love. I do like that film, but it's not the best picture. <laughs> but I had a look. And in all the um, big award ceremonies, it didn't do brilliantly. No, it didn't, did it? It won five Academy Awards, and the biggest that it won was Best Director. Yeah. And the others were, okay, an Oscar's an Oscar. I mean, there are plenty of films that don't win them, but it didn't win any of the other major categories. At the BAFTAs, it won two, but again... Didn't win Best Film, didn't win Best Actor, didn't win Best Director. Um, it got two Golden Globes. Uh, one was for Best Picture, one was for Best Director. But the Globes is probably the smaller of those those bigger, mm-hmm. yeah. bigger award ceremonies. So, for some reason, it. I mean, it's an amazingly, it's an amazing achievement on film, and the award ceremonies just treated it like shit. Yeah. And I'd love to know what was going on between exactly. Spielberg and the award ceremony. What yeah. had he said about <laughs> what them? He, what had he done? <laughs> what had he said about their mothers? Yeah. That, that they just decided to to do this to him. If you haven't seen it, the film opens with a family in the, I guess it's the Normandy m- Memorial uh, in France. Mm which is just row after row after row of headstone and markers. Mm. And the the older chap, who you rightly assume is a veteran, just sort of collapses by one, doesn't he? Yeah. And then it goes back to the, which I guess are the D-Day landings, mm. um, picks up on the, on the landing craft, waiting to hit that beach. And as soon as that front gate opens on the on the boats, hell breaks loose. Yeah. And apparently, um, they showed this film to war veterans who were there, and they said, "Yeah, that's what it was." So as soon as you got close to the shore, yeah, you wanted to be anywhere else but there. Yeah. There are people dying and being blown up and everything left right and center they actually hired people that have had amputations in real life to be some of the extras yeah because in in one there's a a brief scene where you see a guy he's got one arm the other one's missing and he's just sort of looking around sort of trying to find it and then he finds like an arm on the ground and says oh that must be mine i'll have that yeah and just walks off (laughs) and but yeah, they actually got amputees oh, wow. involved cool. with it. Yeah, um, where nineteen seventeen doesn't make any effort to gloss over it, neither does this, <laughs> and no. this does it. I think it's probably more horrific mm. because it's just it's just. This is World War Two, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. Um, the violence when this ha- when it happens, the fight scenes, the battle scenes. They just feel more prolonged, and you're exhausted by yeah. the end. It yeah. by the end That's of it. That's why I can't watch it. Yeah. Because to me, it's like oh, I can't take anymore. I really, I just can't. I've seen it once. I do love it, 
But I just can't watch it. I just, it just upsets me as well. It, it really shows the brutality on both sides mm. as well. There, there's the, the the point on that beach where they they gain control. They break through the German line, and they get to the the back of the bunker, if you like, and they send in the guy with the flamethrower. Yeah. And he just opens fire inside this bunker. Yeah. And it goes to the front side of it where you see the the german soldiers jumping out mm. on fire yeah and you you see one of the the american soldiers shout to his his the people around him saying don't shoot them let them cook mm. and you just see that what it brings out in people yeah, you exactly. know you know it would be a mercy killing yeah but exactly. he said, and then no, there's this one guy cook. who just loses it he can't he freezes big time much later on now, Tom Hanks and his band of merry men. <laughs> and this is the main sticking point with the film. Um, there is a family, the Ryan family, who have lost, is it three sons? Yeah. Three, there's four brothers, mm. all at war in Europe. And three of them have been killed. Yeah. And they are sent to collect the fourth to take him home he's army command in the u.s has said no this kid has got to come home now yeah because his mother has suffered enough enough yeah now the main sort of sticking point that people had is why would when resources and men and everything are it's such a precious commodity yeah why would they risk 12 men to go and save one. Yeah. And it, it, unlike most films where, where you get these like glaring questions and they're never asked, mm. you know, why the fuck would you do that? It's never, it's never, it's never, it's never explained. This film actually tackles it. They, because one of the guys says, what, all us guys to, to save one? Mm. But it's just, it's just dismissed as, well, that's what commanders said. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So it does tackle the elephant in the room, but only as far as sort of acknowledging it. Yeah, exactly. The film doesn't get any easier. No. From that first <laughs> moment, really. There are several sequences which are... Mm, horrific. Horrific. And almost... It's a bit like Game of Thrones, isn't it? Where you, mm. you think, right, I best not get attached to any of these characters because... I did. You did. I made the mistake. I did it. With Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. No one is safe in this film. No. Nope. And the climax of the film, I guess, is where they they meet up with, with Private Ryan and say, right, we're here to take you home. And he was like, "No, fuck you, I'm staying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not leaving. Exactly. I'm not leaving my men. <laughs> I'm not leaving my men." And they make the decision there to to stay and help hold that bridge, don't they? Yeah. The, the, they've got a bridge secured. It's one of the only bridges left, so any German forces have to come that way. And well, predictably, all hell breaks loose. Nice. The ending's heartbreaking. It is. Because one of the soldiers, he freezes badly, doesn't he? He does. Uh, we were having a discussion about this uh, as well, weren't we? At a time when his <laughs> friends and his colleagues needed him the most. 
he wasn't able to act. No. And it costs them quite dearly, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, the ending's d- distraught, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's, just it's horrific, <laughs> to be like fair. It's like getting punched in the stomach all the time. It's horrible. <laughs> Out of ten... Nine. I'd probably say it's a solid nine five. Yeah. I can't think of many films better. Mm. Shawshank. Oh, I like a bit of Shawshank. Green Mile. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I've got films that. Guardians Two. <laughs> I mean, I've got <laughs> I've got films that I will always favour more than this. But if I was honest and said, are they better? I'd have to say no. And I'd really struggle to name ten films better than this. I'd struggle to name five films better than this one. For achievement, for realism, for brutality. You know, and when when you watch the recent war films, particularly the battle scenes in them, you can see Saving Private Ryan as the influence. Mm. It's a bit like The Exorcist. You can see the influences of it in later horror films and things like that. Yeah. And this, I think... I mean, there were some cracking more films before this. I mean, my favourite was always The Dirty Dozen. They were, I think, criminals. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we'll give you some time off your sentence if you go and do this really shit job. Yeah, exactly. Which will probably kill you. I also like, and it's not like a serious war film, but... um, Is it... Oh, what's it called? Which one? Tarantino. Oh, The Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. I love that one. It's probably the best war film that didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you you do get that kind of sense of that brutality and stuff in that. So I, I like that one as well. You do? I do. It, but, I mean, that's a very satirical look. I know it is I know but you take it for what it is yeah do you know what I mean so why did I not think of the film I couldn't remember I know um, but no I, I do like that one as well yeah it's good it is very good mm. but I don't know I think you yeah I don't know if you cla- can class it as a war film it's more just a Tarantino film well probably yeah <laughs> but I just wanted to mention that one it <laughs> is great fun if you haven't seen The Inglorious Bastards you should watch it. Mm. If you're not sure about Tarantino films in general, The Inglorious Bastards is a good entry level. Yeah, it's a good one to start off on because that's the one I started off on. Because you get you get a real feeling for for Tarantino and his yeah. and his style. Yeah, definitely. And if you and like, I went, I went Inglorious Bastards, then Pulp Fiction. I think you did Pulp Fiction, and no. then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, you did Hollywood first, and then Pulp Fiction. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay, and then I did try and do Django, but I couldn't. Yeah. But that's another whole other episode. <laughs> but back to Saving Private Ryan. Yes, yeah, sorry about that. Definitely, if you haven't watched it, and it's hard to believe there's anyone out no, there that, that hasn't, hasn't. Mm. get involved with it. Definitely get involved with it's it. It's a long one. I mean, it's over three hours. Uh, no, it isn't. It's just shy of three hours. And it's exhausting. It is exhausting. It's you too absolute. feel physically drained <laughs> it's after that. It's absolutely one. shattering. Yeah. Out of the four we've mentioned today, mm. I don't know if you could really compare them because no, you can't got... because they're all different yeah. in their own way. 
so I don't ask me to pick a favourite. <laughs> I just can't believe that. I mean, we we had a look during the break just now that what won Best Picture at the Oscars, and it was Parasite. <laughs> no, it wasn't uh, the Joker at all. It wasn't the Joker. Um, I just can't believe though that this didn't win Best Picture. Yeah, I'm quite surprised as well. So I'd love to know what the mm. politics were behind that. Yeah, there has to have been something to behind the scenes. It, yeah, you know. has to have been. Mm. We'll we'll try and find out for you. Yeah, um, and then we'll uh, we do find out. We'll let you know. Yeah. Now, June's a busy month for us. Well, it's it's an exciting month for us it because. Is. All the films that we pre-ordered 400 years ago before the lockdown are starting to arrive. Yeah. So we will have more recent films to start talking about. Yeah. So from this week, I'll have Little Women. Yeah. I know Bad Boys for Life is coming. Mm -hmm. I've got Cats coming. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I've got Onward coming, apparently. Now, I pre-ordered Onward, the Pixar film. So I then got a email from Amazon saying, yeah, your order confirmation is this, blah, blah, blah. We'll let you know when it's been released. So far, so good. Then I got an email saying, yeah, your your order of Onward will be with you on the 1st of June. So far, yeah. Yeah, we're like really excited. Then I got an email from them saying, yeah, that might not have been right and... We don't really know when it's going to be released. So I was like, right, okay, this is a bit weird. And then I had one the other day telling me it's going to be released on the 8th <laughs> of June. So I'm, I'm guessing... Onwards has come back on itself. <laughs> I'm guessing at some time between now and probably Christmas, Onward will be with me. Yeah. What else have I got coming in June? I've got The Call of the Wild. You do with Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Any got... CGI dog. Yeah. Um, Emma. Yep. Uh, what else? I've got Harley oh. Quinn yeah. and The Invisible Man, which I'm, not I'm watching. really looking forward to. <laughs> Harley Quinn, I think you'd like. No, I don't think I would like that. One. It's not really a sequel to The Suicide Squad. I know, the, but, but I, I think I think like DC, DC have just I think they've just given up on everything. Mm, I think so. Give me a Marvel film any day. <laughs> She's definitely a Marvel girl. <laughs> uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, it? I think that's about it for this week. Um, like I said at the top of the show, um, I don't know when. I'll try and get it done in, in the next week, 10 days maybe, uh, to do a little bit on the toys that made us with mm. my cousin. We'll be back next week regardless. Yeah. Hopefully back to Mondays. We we've sort of fallen out of Mondays. Yeah, haven't we? we have. Yeah, too many things keep happening. I know. So it's just. But we are still here. We're still here every week. Um, like we said before, get in touch. Give us a shout if there's something you want us to have a look at. Um, keep sharing the posts on whichever media platform is your favourite. I think we're pretty much on all of them, aren't we? Yeah. You've started TikTok, but that's your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we'll see Dead Man's Chest TikTok. I'm not sure. Why not? It'd be so cool. I know, but I don't know how. I don't know what TikTok does. T- 
I'm trying to work it out. So <laughs> I'm not down with the kids anymore. <laughs> yes. Until the next week. Stay safe. Look after yourselves. And we will speak to you very soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.